not really. You know, the company that bought into WPP, their main plan was to turn, sorry, Nairobi Business Ventures, not WPP guys, sorry about that. Uh, the company was supposed to pick in WPP. Jesus, why do I keep saying WPP? All right, NBV. <laughs> so, Eric, the company that was to buy this, um, they came in and they said that they they wanted to turn NBV into a cement company. And that was in December last On the NSC, I think in terms of year-to-date performance, NBV still ranks as the top uh, performer onto the exchange. But even today at Open, NBV is already down about 9.9% in terms of um, share price activity on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. And looking at Centum, oh, we're going to talk about Centum. <laughs> it will be very interesting. If you bought NBV a month ago, your value, your valuation is down 26.1%. If you bought NBV one week ago, you're down 8.6%. If you bought NBV three months ago, I think the signs of exiting, you're pretty being told by the market exit. You're seeing those flashlights that you know what, please exit. And you really have to take on the signs because NBV has also shown a little bit of higher volatility um, on the exchange. And so that's one thing. In term, can you imagine NBV is the 13th most traded stock on the NSE from over the past three months? So really, a lot of interesting things are happening on this company and on this counter. And um, as for us, we'll definitely be watching on NBV and just figuring out to what level of engagement that would be. NBV still holds the top position as the number one company in giving investor um, returns on the exchange. Uh, in terms of year-to-date performance, NBV is up about 93%. Jesus. So pretty high. But I believe um, if, if you've invested in NBV, the volatility that it has shown, reaching a high of about 12 shillings and 55 cents, and now back again. And this is not far. This is a month ago. Exactly a month ago. Um, looking at it from July 6th, when NBV hit uh, the oil hype, the hit an oil high and the company came in and also um, over the past one month it's gone all the way down to about um from from high of 1250 to a low of eight shillings and 36 and now it's trading at seven shillings and 56 cents actually it's down further seven shillings and 46 cents so i know um, regardless of the company delaying the financial results i believe as an investor some of these decisions you need to make this call Remember, uh, once again, as we always say on the HISA team, is what we say is just, it's a talk we're having. So it's you to make um, your personal decisions. Remember what you do, um, the choices that you make today on investment, just so be yours and that people perfect your portfolio one way or another. So NBV, actually NBV has gone with the approval for CMA. So it's only standard that we're expecting action from a lot of things that are interesting. Eric, last week, a few things happened onto the market. Number one, we saw Centum release uh, the financial statements after a very long while. I think Centum guys have really, really waited. Um, Centum had also issued a profit warning earlier on in the year. So probably if you want to take us through how the financial results were, and then we'll also have a little bit of discussion on East African Breweries Limited. EABL has not paid, has not declared a dividend for the first time in, I think, four years. So that's something that definitely would be able to look into as well. So to you on Centum. 
same time the investment company. Uh, I think for me, what stood out from the results and the same time results, as much as they posted a loss from a net profit, which uh, they posted an, a net loss of about uh, 1.37 billion uh, for the full-year period ended the first March. From a profit, a net profit of 4.6 billion ended March last year. And from from the from from the numbers, they said uh, the decline was mainly because of the negative impact of the, of the pandemic. And looking at the subsidiaries, uh, the biggest uh, what long on, long on the publishing company and two rivers development contributed a big chunk of the loss for that particular year, uh, which I think both looked at uh, uh, both companies booked a, lo an, a loss of 1.9 billion. Uh, and no, it's the two, two reverse development that booked a net loss of uh, 1.9 billion. And uh, part of that, I think, if you remember, they said that they want to restructure the balance sheet of uh, the two rivers, uh, which includes selling part of that. Yeah, and do you think that, do you think this is because the real estate business is really not what Centum thought it would be? Because we we are looking at Centum selling, and the, the, because Centum currently holds about 58% of Two Rivers development. Mm -hmm. um, and and this is the main thing that um, the, the, the company, the subsidiary is, it's always been on to real estate. Mm -hmm. And are we looking at levels of which the real estate wing of Centum is not going to perform? And that would raise a lot of concern generally about other real estate companies, um, some of which I know we might not be able to talk about today, considering that we've seen a lot happen even off market. Uh, last week, earlier last week, we saw Banda Homes as well file for liquidation, insolvency. So we're seeing a lot that's really happening on various markets. So do you think that the real estate business is really not good for Centum? Because I've also seen guys say that they went through um, two rivers mall and they're saying that the mall, um, some parts of the mall are empty. Mm -hmm. So is it that the food traffic has really dropped or what's really happening in this place? The real estate is very tough, man. Because on the other hand, they seem sent up. The other day they were issuing um, documents for the guys who bought in the Vipingo Ridge. Mm -hmm. So just wondering, one side is really performing and the other side is really not performing. So that's a major concern for me mm -hmm. as an investor. If you were to invest in Centum, these are things, these are questions you definitely need to ask yourself. But also even on the credit line, I think Centum said there was a little bit of a decline as well on the credit line. Um, and they're probably looking on to ways in which they can be able to um, show up the capital reserves. Mm -hmm. So we'll definitely be looking on what is it that they have to do. Because over the past three years, we've seen Centum really, really do a lot of um, disposal of some of the assets. We saw um, Almasi, was it Almasi beverages? Almasi beverages. Yeah, and um, it's not only that there are two more companies, I think, which they also exited their holding. Mm -hmm. And so it's really raising a lot of investor concerns because if they're showing up, um, if, if, if they're revamping their capital adequacy at the same time, um, we're seeing them facing more challenges in terms of um, disposing some of the assets because the main business that Centum really does is it's an investment company. And what they do is they invest in different sectors. And then once they've invested in the different sectors, whenever they can be able to exit, they get into an exit strategy and they exit at a, at, at a certain profit, mm -hmm. right? Um, unless probably whenever they're looking onto a long-term um, aspect and they would 
by a majority. That's what they've done to companies like Longhorn. Mm-hmm. However, I think Longhorn is a good company right now. We're seeing guys are buying books left, right, and center. Guys are back to school. And also the online platform for Longhorn um, really, really made some uh, good returns. So uh, we'd, we'd really be watching. I'd personally be watching on to Longhorn over the next few weeks. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe part of what stood out uh, at the release was that they made some changes into the leadership team at the board level. Yeah. Uh, we saw Dr. Laila Masharia join us, the new vice chairperson, and uh, Andrew Musangias, one of the board members. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it will, hopefully, in the long run, it's good for the investor. But uh, Santa Marina Perry, um, they're an investment company, and from what I've seen uh, in the media is that they're also trying to, uh, to they're taking more of a very cautious approach, about, uh, investing part of their cash into uh, into some of these predictable, predictable investments like government bonds. Yeah. So hopefully that will uh, help them be resilient during such a difficult time. And uh, for me, so uh, if, if you ask me, is Centum a good investment or not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just hold it, just yeah. hold it like that. Uh, looking onto the HISA app, I'm seeing Centum is down 1.6% in today's trading session. Uh, turnover currently for Centum is 152,000 um, on the turnover with about 10,000 shares traded so far on the market. Uh, the average trading price today is 15 shillings and 20 cents, but I'm seeing this demand as well um, at prices of about 15.40. If you want to buy Centum today, you might want to bid around 15.20 because there's also somebody as well who's willing to sell 36,000 um, 400 shares. So the supply side, looking onto the, the demand against the supply, demand is high, demand is 99,100, and supply is 36,000. But most of the demand is below 1510. So you might want to bid at a fair price level if you want to buy into um, Centum today. Eric, outside Centum, we, we have um, one last company that I want us to look into. Uh, so we saw um, East African breweries uh, PLC released their financial results last year, last week as well. What really stood out for most people was that EABL did not issue a dividend. The full year, um, the the full year was generally flat. There was there wasn't really much, um, but we also seen a lot that's happening for EABL, mm-hmm. and I think that they're saying that um, the decline because um, the the results was fairly flat as about um, 7.02 billion, almost the same as they had um, posted in the previous financial year. Uh, and they say that this is because of the 15% um, growth in, in, in revenue. And so that's one thing that I know we'll definitely be looking into. Mm-hmm. But the sales for EABL actually rose exactly. high. So guys were, come on, guys are at home and drinking. I thought guys would drink out here, but mm-hmm. it looks like, um, but EABL also figured out a lot of ways in which they hit on to uh, customers directly into their home. Because I know in June last year, they, they they announced that they were doing some house delivery stuff in which they were giving guys offers. Uh, so guys would be able to buy a lot. So looks like that really, really worked um, for the company. The income tax, uh, now look at it. Imagine if the corporate tax was still left. Because last year, I know there was also some tax relief which companies um, like EABL definitely got. Mm-hmm. And we saw that had really pumped up Bamburi last year. 
and looks like that also came in for EMBL as well. Mm -hmm. um, my main thing that I'm personally looking into for EMBL, today we're seeing um, EMBL had increased their shareholding into Serengeti breweries, and so right now, Mm -hmm. EABL owns 85% of Serengeti Breweries Limited, that's Tanzania. And um, they bought that stick for 5.9 billion Kenya shillings. And we're just probably looking into what's likely to happen with the next way for East African Breweries Limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, EABL, I think, uh, when they announced that, they were, that the board said, uh, they won't be a they won't recommend any any dividend yeah. uh, given the good results. I think that caught a number of investors unaware. Given the good results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they were, they were fairly flat, but I think there's a lot in terms of concerns to look at the company not really coming from paying a very good dividend all the way to not paying a dividend, a final dividend. Because I think one of the things that EABL would have done and we've seen some of the companies that have been good in terms of paying investor returns would be to give guys a lower um, dividend value you know even if it's bringing it down to two shillings or give bring it down to even a shilling come on i think investors are also going through hard times and some people invest because of dividends and that is one thing that i know most retail investors would invest highly for the dividend and that's one challenge that i think eabl um, something that EABL might not have really um, thought onto because on the same day it also hit onto EABL's share price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, for the week, um, I think we'd definitely be looking onto EABL with the news of the acquisition on Serengeti Breweries Limited. We'd definitely be hoping that um, a lot would be able to move into the company. And after EABL, I just want to give you guys, I always talk about Home Africa. And yes, Home Africa released their financials <laughs> after after extensions and extensions. Uh, the company finally released their their, their full year results, and it's not as good as we thought it would be. But we're still hopeful, you know. At least we are technically still hopeful. The company is still looking at Amiga Golf Estate, and they're hoping the profitability would be um, in about three to four years time. Still pretty, pretty far if you want to buy Home Africa. But you need to go through the financial statements just so you can be able to pick it up before you invest um, in, in, in um, Home Africa. Uh, they're not calling themselves Home Africa Group. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Home Africa Group PLC. Jesus. <laughs> some of some, sometimes you might feel that changing the name would make things turn around. Because we saw housing finance change the name to HF Group PLC, but still the same. Anyway, that's that. Um, one of the other things that really happened onto the market that I'd want to tell you guys is there could be material news um, on Britain. We saw yesterday there was the the statement that was issued by the inquiry. Was it was it Mauritius? The Mauritius government. Yeah, yeah, the Mauritius government about the sale of. <laughs> of Britain shares mm -hmm. by, by by the company, um, but not by the company, by Peter Munga, who used to be a majority shareholder in Britain. Uh, and so, because we saw during that transaction, Eric, you remember when Britain hit a high of 14? Mm -hmm. 
And so those are things that I know we definitely be looking into. My concern is really if the regulator would take action or if the regulator would be able to come in and figure out ways in which they can be able to handle it. Because after that transaction, Britain was, has never been the same. It's come down from the highs of 14, 15, all the way down to right now it's trading at, at levels of about 7 shillings and 40 cents. Checking that on the ESA app, but I'm seeing it's traded at 8 shillings and 20 cents in today's trading session as well. Speaking of Britain, uh, I saw a number of guys asking, uh, I think what, what, what really happened is uh, Munga bought the shares Munga uh, bought the shares that were disposed by Rawat, right? Because of the investigations, Rawat was being investigated, so he bought these shares, he acquired them, then sold them at a higher price. They remember they were bought 340, over 340 million uh, ordinary shares. Um, he sold them, uh, that was around 20, 2018, uh, mid-2018, uh, I think, whereby he sold uh, about 348 million shares to 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 Caesarin, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he booked a profit out of that entire <laughs> uh, entire transaction. Uh, that, that 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 entire stake was equivalent to about thirteen point eight one percent of Britain. Uh, Munga booked uh, Munga through his uh, investment company called Plamil LP. Uh, so, look, it's it's for, for me. Look, I think Munga was just being a very shrewd businessman. <laughs> uh, yeah, come on. Like, if you, if you read it through, if you read through, I haven't gone through the whole document. It's about three hundred and fifty-two pages, and I think we shared that uh, on the Telegram forum. But Eric, you know, we're seeing here that come on, you can't be able to really, you can't be able to lie to guys that the, whatever you're selling to them is undervalued, mm -hmm. and at the same time selling it to them at a higher price. I mm -hmm. think. Um, and also we've seen it's not the first time that Peter Munga is having issues with, with companies he's involved in. We've seen companies like NC, like, sorry, not like um, housing finance, mm -hmm. you know. And we're just hoping that at least if the regulator, yes, he's one of the, he's, he's one of the um, high, high net worth individuals we have who've invested into the NSC. But I really think there's a lot that needs to be done, mm -hmm. uh, at least in terms of investor protection. Because, you know, as much as he might have gained by selling this out to another investor, mm -hmm. then it also affected the local shareholder who might have bought Britain thinking that there was something that was happening, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more, in my opinion, that I think needs to be done. But all in all, um, this is left to the regulator and we'll be able to watch onto that. If there's onto something, we'll definitely keep you guys, the HISA fan story, we'll definitely be able to share that with you as well onto HISA. Yeah, uh, so Eric, I don't know if there's anything that's left for you, I think. Mm -hmm. Locally? Uh, yeah, locally. locally not much. Uh, maybe we can move on to global markets, global markets. especially in the US, what's been happening. Uh, last week yeah. was... Uh, last, last week was, was an earnings week. Yeah. And we saw a lot of companies and also one of the things that happened last week that we really have to mention was um robin hood markets listed um on, on on the nasdaq and a lot of interesting things as well but for the first bit before we get into robin hoods uh in, into robin hood we definitely have to talk about amazon mm -hmm. i i personally think amazon didn't um didn't take they, they were not on board um, when, when Bezos was taking off and, and going to space because 
we we here and we're seeing um, Amazon not really performing um, the as per investors expectation. Last week on the S and P 500, Amazon was the top decliner, dropping about 7.5 percent in terms of um, share price activity. And so, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, Eric, the decline in Amazon shares brought um, Jeff Bezos' wealth down by 13.5 billion? Mm -hmm. Then uh, the El uh, Louis Vuitton guy, yeah. uh, Bernard Hammond, <laughs> had the opportunity to now uh, take that top spot. Uh, yeah. His net worth, I think, is now one of the richest, like yeah. the, the richest guy after the decline of Amazon. And El, El, uh, Louis Vuitton itself, the shares went up after the company announced very, very, very financial results. And the most surprising thing is that, or the, the most fascinating thing is that, look, at the height of a pandemic, uh, the re given the kind of uh, the kind of goods or uh, uh, in the business that Louis Vuitton is involved in, it's it's a luxury business, right? Yeah. Uh, there is they registered quite a good performance, which means uh, the high net worth guys, the, the rich and the wealthy, continue to spend at the height of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. But Amazon, uh, look, uh, for me, I think in as much as uh, it look the analysts thought that was below the expectations right yeah but but then also i think one of the main reasons why amazon really had this decline was because of a fine mm -hmm. which they were um, fined by european regulators mm -hmm. because they had uh, apparently gone against some regional privacy laws mm -hmm. and so that's i think that was the main reason why the company really posted a little bit of of a decline because mm -hmm. they posted um it wasn't actually a loss you know it's just a decline it's below analyst yeah exactly though it was also huge come on like but uh, the revenue year on year was yeah it yeah, was up yeah yeah the, the the revenue for amazon if they can decide and fund our budget come on mm -hmm. we, we we can be so okay as a country mm -hmm. interesting <laughs> yeah uh, i saw credit suisse uh credit suisse raised the targets price for amazon Right at that, that previous week. However, JP Morgan lowered the target price. I don't know. I don't know which company to really look into, but I'd really stick with JP Morgan mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. Looking, looking, looking first from. Um, I think one of the things is they're trying to. You know, one of the things that JP Morgan uses, which I don't know if there's any company that would use, but I think we can also. I think also some few investment banks in our country use is where they also analyze um, investor sentiments. Because mm -hmm. most, most of the time, whenever we're looking at analyst opinion, we always only, we own, we're always looking at analysts alone, but what are the investor sentiments? What are guys looking at? So those are things that guys are looking into, but I still think it might come down a bit, but not really, not really so low. I'm looking at our prices going back to, uh, to 3,000, probably 3,000, about 3,500 USD. Can you can you guys imagine? Yeah, if you if you're listening today, if you're listening to this show, can you imagine buying uh, one share for Amazon at three thousand five hundred dollars? That is coming soon, so better hold up on the Hisa app. We're definitely working on giving you guys access to shares like Amazon, um, Tesla, Microsoft, Apple. So you definitely want to just hold in. That news will be coming to you guys. In, in, in a very, very, very short while. 
as soon as we're done with internal testing, we'll definitely let you guys out on an opportunity to experience trading onto the shares. So Eric, I guess uh, that's it for um, Amazon. Yeah. We'll definitely be looking onto Amazon. We'll, we'll just tell you guys if there's anything else that's really going to happen um, onto, uh, on, onto Amazon. Maybe one of the things that I'd want us to look into, Eric, is the, the fruit phone, um, the fruits, as guys would always call it. Um, so Apple, um, we looking at it from in terms of the usual weekly performance, Apple was up last week and also um, on pre-open and, 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 and after close of markets, it traded as high as about $145. Uh, and so that's one thing that we're looking into. But then it was also a market trading for um, the entire Wall Street because even during the week we saw Apple also decline about 1.4% during the trading session. Just even after the company really, really gave guys above investor, um, above um, analyst expectations on the market. And Eric, I don't know what level of price you're seeing because I know you are part of the early testing team. What did Apple close at last week on the HISA app? Okay, okay. Oh. Trying to look at Apple. Apple is part of uh, on the... Apple is uh, at 145.86. Awesome. Uh, so not bad. Uh, did, you, did you buy? Have you bought any any Apple on your portfolio? Uh, it's part of my watch list, and I was uh, very impressed by the Q3 numbers, uh, which came to about uh, earnings were about up 36% to 81, 81, 81.4 billion US dollars, and. Uh, I'm looking at Tim, uh, Tim Cook's statement, which said, "Look, as Apple, it Apple is an innovation-driven uh, company, and uh, from uh, uh, from uh, Tim Cook's uh, statement, he, he said that they're using technology to connect people everywhere, as, as these have never been more important. Uh, look, uh, Apple is, is one of those stocks that you should hold in your portfolio." Uh, and even your watch list. Hopefully, when we begin trading, uh, users can have access to some of these uh, great companies and brands that they use on a daily basis. Yeah, but also don't forget that um, uh, Apple now ranks third in terms of um, the number of smartphones that are being released by companies. That is after Samsung and Xiaomi came in and beat um, Apple. Samsung has actually always been on the lead. Uh, it took over Apple, I think, in 2019, and now we think Xiaomi has also um, overtaken Apple. One of the things that really stood out for me um, in Apple's um, financial results were that I think the fonts have really, really increased a lot of new acquisition in terms of transit. So guys are really moving from Android into Apple devices because we're seeing that um, that the phone the phone business made up close to half of, of, of Apple's um, 81.4 billion dollars quarterly sale. But also one of the things that we also stood out for me personally was that we are looking at guys really taking in a lot of other um, how do you call it a lot of other accessories from Apple as well. And we're really hoping that the next thing now we're really looking into is Apple partnering with Eric was it Volvo. Mm -hmm. To, to bring in um, self-driven and smart vehicles. So we're really looking into the, the level of, of engagement that Apple would really, really 
be able to move that into. So that's one thing that personally, for me, we will be able to look into. If you, in case you've missed this, go into the HISA app, uh, download the app and just go into the app and there's a new post that was shared this morning about our newsletter today and we really touched intensively on investing both on Apple and Amazon. So that's one thing we definitely would want to review and just let us know your thoughts as well onto that bit. So I guess that's it for Markets Monday. Eric, thanks a lot for joining in. Uh, thank you all for those of you who've been with us in today's session. Um, if you join in late, remember you can go into the HISA app. There's a podcast section. You'll be able to definitely um, get the recorded version of this show. So thank you all and have a lovely, a lovely week ahead. It's a very Okay, it's kind of sunny in Nairobi, so I don't know where you are. I know that's one thing as well that you definitely be letting us know. Thank you all and have a lovely week. Bye.